Uh, so yeah, we're gonna go ahead and get started. Uh, like I said, make sure your si uh, your cell phones are on silent, but uh, laugh if even if something's not funny, please laugh because <laughs> that's it's hard to not <laughs> hear laughter. Hey, the first thing I'm gonna share, if you don't mind, is that hilarious story of like after one podcast recording. Uh, <laughs> like these chairs are a little soft, but like Sophie unfortunately fell off one chair and it broke and yeah we were just kind of like oh no like after the <laughs> podcast recording like oh no what, what happened and the funny reaction was like she was like i'm okay and i was like okay are you okay and then immediately i was like is the chair okay <laughs> <laughs> well yeah because the chair it was like so flimsy which this is your fault you should have bought better chairs but it was like I'm one of these chairs around. it like broke off it was like this and then it broke off and it was um, sharp on the edge and it like ripped my ass, you know, like it like like cut me right up the leg. It was it was you, you hard. Know, you and you didn't leg. care. No, well, that's that true. I, I was like, oh, OK, you got up and I was like, OK, now I'm out of chair. And I made the joke like that's coming out of your paycheck now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I almost yeah. fell out of this chair. You did? Why? Yeah, How? I almost did. How? Uh, just when I sat down. Oh, yeah. Fair. <laughs> Anything else? No, that's it. I think, uh, unless you have anything, I think we're ready for Keith. Yeah, absolutely. So, Keith, before you come up, I'm just going to uh, read out the bio that you gave me. If any of you follow us on Instagram, you've probably already seen it. Um, but, you know, just for anybody who doesn't know Keith... Keith is an editor with technical prowess and a creative approach to post-production. He reads footage like prose. He edited Big Words, a slam dunk selection, and New York Times pick that has 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Keith is currently in Local 700 and works full-time as an assistant editor for the Emmy Award-winning Vice News Tonight. Everybody give it up for Vice News. That's awesome. That's so cool. Um, which won a 2021 Peabody Award and 2021 Emmy for Outstanding Newscast. So, yeah, like I said, Vice News. Among Keith's credits are live performance concerts and nonfiction television shows for MTV, VH1, Bravo, Lifetime, The Learning Channel, History Channel, TV One, and Vice News. Uh, let's get, give it up for Keith Overton. Come on up. Keith! <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for coming. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah. Hi, everyone. Uh, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm great. Got invited to this cool shindig, and there was tacos. I was like, oh. And I was hungry, so. Oh, good. yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. Cool. Awesome. So um, let's start off with a, a just random question, you know, just get into the, the swing of things. Um, let's see, what's your favorite holiday movie? Ooh. Wow. Interesting. Holiday movie. I mean, the first one that comes to mind is Home Alone. Yeah. But I'm sure it's like, I don't know, hodgepodge. Yeah. yeah. What's the one sure. with the black and white one where the dude goes to Washington or something like that? Oh, Mr. Smith goes to Washington? Isn't that a Christmas film too? Uh, maybe, maybe. Like maybe. Yeah. That's good. It's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. That's a tough one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Here's my question. Your background is eclectic. You do it all. I really love uh, not just the work that you do, but how you go about it, your approach reason why you know we were connected through uh, the Made in New York post-production program. Uh, and my question to you is, 
kind of similar. Have you seen the movie Drumline? Absolutely. So in one of the scenes, Charlie Little Two, cut it. One of no, no, no. One of the scenes early on in the movie, they're like this great kind of like just quick cutting of each section of the band and why it's so important. As a professional editor, why is post-production the most crucial part in the making of any project? I mean, it, it's awesome that you brought up Drumline because I watched that incessantly outside of the fact that I was in a Drumline in high school. Mm. And then, I forgot who directed it, but Carol Littleton, I remember, she cut it. And I have this thing with female editors. I love watching their films. Mm. It was directed by a male, mm. so you get that balance. But I know what you're talking about. I think they did the sections of the band, right? Mm -hmm. And it's just like, I mean, it's like filmmaking because there's sections in filmmaking. Like one section, right, of the band percussion, right, the drum line. But then there's five different roles within production, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the same thing in like pre-production, production, post-production, post right? I love post-production, but I love post-production because I'm a big documentary nonfiction dude, and I believe all docs are made in the edit. So I wanted to, that's what I wanted to do when I was a little kid, I just wanted to make docs. I don't know why. <laughs> and that's what gravitated me towards post. And your question was, I wanna go back because I wanna answer your question. Why is post-production the most important aspect or most crucial part of making any project or specifically maybe a documentary? Well, it's the assembly line. Hmm. It's like, it's the last stop. Um, it's the assembly line, you know, it's very, it, you, it needs to be super organized from, you know, receiving the footage from the DIT, from the field, to, you know, the script supervisor who gives you notes with the dailies. And I don't know, I, I love post. I don't know, I can't say it's the most crucial because all of the parts make a whole. But for me, I love it. And I can't, I'm not the production guy. I don't, it's too physical for me. <laughs> and then the writing part, like, you know, you also write in the edit as well. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, you're tweaking what the, the director's vision is, you know, because it's collaborative. I love that. Um, that's just like uh, I was actually about to ask, you know, in your bio, you say that you read your footage like prose. What do you yeah. mean by that? And how does that affect your workflow? I stole that from one of my mentors. Mm. And what's, what's her name? Um, he's re I, I kind of don't want to say his name, oh, gotcha. but Sick. he's releasing a film this weekend and it has to do with David Bowie. Oh, yeah. So I worked for that guy for a long time mm. and he really, you know, he taught me a lot. And I always felt like editing, you should watch everything, right? Mm -hmm. And then when I finally like got in a position to like edit something or whatever, he said that. He was like, oh yeah, you have to read your footage. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, I'm mm. on the right path. Mm -hmm. And so I say pros because DPs, cinematographers, or whatever, they compose a shot, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to read that shot. Like, I love looking at, like, Better Call Saul, let's take, for example. Yeah. It was shot beautifully. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so to be an editor and receive beautifully shot, framed action, you're reading that. Mm -hmm. Because there's a language to what the DP shoots. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? 
outside of even the audio or whatever, but that's what I mean by reading mm -hmm. because especially in nonfiction, and I don't mean reality show nonfiction, I mean nonfiction like nonfiction, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, um, where we're trying to solve the world's problems or taking a mirror to society. Mm -hmm. That's the stuff I look at. And so a lot of DPs who live in that documentary space, mm -hmm. who shoot just beautiful wides and pans, and it makes, your, it makes our job easier. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. One quick thing you brought up, and I love your answer. This is kind of why we're doing this podcast again, to have like these terrific conversations and just learning. You mentioned the term DIT. Raise your hand if you don't know what DIT means. Can you explain what DIT means? Um, digital Intermediate Technician. And what do they do? <laughs> Which, they're basically the go-between between production and post. Hmm. So, a really good DIT has an expensive rig on set, and they can even color your, your rushes or your dailies or your footage, provided you have a great DIT. Mm -hmm. So the DIT is essentially like the assistant editor in the field, and they're that bridge. And I wish every production could have a DIT. Yeah. Because, you know, now it's like, okay, we shoot it, and then we just give it to an editor. No, you're not giving your footage to an editor. You're giving it to an assistant. And I stress that I'm still an assistant because assistant, the position of assistant has changed dramatically mm. from when I first started out. And it's a totally different skill set than actually cutting. It's very technical. So DIT is essentially the assistant editor in the field mm. to me. That's great. I do think on, on a lot of um, sets, it's either like you have no DIT or you have like the best DIT ever. <laughs> like, there's no in between. <laughs> it's just you have no money, so you don't pay a DIT. And it's just like the DP like uploading footage or something. Or it's like the most technically, uh, somebody with a lot of technical prowess. It's a lot. Yeah. I got fired from a DIT show. Like, wow. like, no, because my computer couldn't handle 8K footage. Uh. So I got to set. They were like, oh, yeah, we're shooting 8K. I'm like, <laughs> but my computer, I, I tried to make proxies on set. My computer just kept crashing, crashing. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what's happening? What's the problem? So after that experience, and, and I felt horrible, I was like, I'm going to make the best computer ever. So this never happens again. Mm. What did you make? Yeah. I built a PC. <laughs> wow. You know, and so that's the whole assistant thing, mm -hmm. which is part of post that everybody overlooks. Yeah. The editors get the footage. It's nice and pretty. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so they focus on story. Right. They don't have to deal with technical stuff. Mm -hmm. And I have to stress that because a good assistant Nine times out of ten, he's training the editor. Mm. Right. Mm. It was just nuts. You'd never be like, wait, what? Mm -hmm. So that's why I, I stress, yeah, I cut, but I cut, like, I have to have a, an intimate relationship with you for me to cut anything because I'm not dealing with the nuttiness. Mm. And I got OCD, <laughs> so <laughs> everything's got to be a certain way. That probably makes you a better editor, doesn't it? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> you know, you know, big words was years ago. I haven't cut anything since. I mean, I have, mm -hmm. but nothing to that level. 
<laughs> and um, I don't know. I, I just I just love the process. I love the whole approach. Yeah. I was actually about to ask about Big Words, if you could explain a little bit about the film and what it was like to work on it. I mean, it was amazing. I wish people would see it. Um, it's on Amazon. <laughs> we were on Netflix, but Big Words was written by a writer, Neil Drumming, who, um, I don't know how, this is so long ago, oh my God. How did that happen? Oh, I was a PA. I was working for a casting director, um, Lois Drabkin, and I just kept working with her because she had started a production company, and literally I was a PA working with her director. Hmm. And she was like, oh, I, you know, and you tell people you want to edit. So yeah, I'd done everything. I started like getting coffee, all that. But you always tell people what you want to do, you know, what's your ultimate goal, right? Yeah. That's what people used to say. Oh, I want to cut. So I had told her that, and then she was just like, oh, I think this would be perfect for you. I was like, what? This movie, Big Words, it's about this guy, and he had a rap group in the 90s, and it's a coming of age story. And one of the guys in the rap group comes out as gay. Super interesting. This is before, like, you know, anything. And I read, I, I, I met the producer, he's from LA. I read the script in like one sitting. And like, as I'm reading it, I'm visualizing everything. I'm like, oh, this is super dope. And it was just so, it's like this coming of age, Generation X kind of like hip hop coming of age story. Yeah. With a gay rapper, you know, in the 90s, he was the man. He was rapping, you know, money, sex, drugs, oh, hold up. Then, you know, fast forward 20 years later, he comes out. So we deal with that. Um, and it was a really dope film. The, the writer, he was upset we didn't win anything at Slam Dance. Mm. But he's a great, great writer. He's dialogue heavy. He was a first time director because no one wanted to direct with him. Mm. So the issue, you didn't ask this but I'm going to give it to you. <laughs> sure. The issue was he didn't like shooting wides. Oh. So by the time we got an edit, I'm just shooting faces. And I'm mm. like, yo, if we're going to show this on a big screen, you can't just have a 50-foot face. <laughs> so you know, like, establishing shots? No. Zero. <laughs> Oh, no. So you hear like people grunting, they're like, <laughs> you need that. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm griping about it now. I brought it up. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. and there was no B-roll. What? <laughs> so it's just, so just like interviews then. Yeah. <laughs> just no, straight dialogue. it was dialogue. Just straight dialogue. <laughs> it was straight, but because he's a writer. Mm -hmm. Oh, the words are important. You have to be looking at her when she says this word. But I'm like, okay. So it was my first film, okay. Mm -hmm. I was, you know, three years into the game. I don't know. But because we bonded over rap, you know, it had a dope cast. The cast is amazing. So big guy, Kennebay's in it. Um, who's the girl from Tron? The young black girl. Oh my God. Oh, I don't know. She was on. Um, Anybody know from the crowd? America's Next Top Model. Oh my God, I forgot her name. Yaya Da Costa. Mm. So Yaya's the lead. We had Dorian Missick. He's in it. The casting was crazy. Mm. And I and I learned a lot, and I still you know, but yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> a quick one. Uh, 
I know you you edit on multiple uh, NLEs. Why is that important? Which one is your favorite? If you have one, I don't have a favorite. I have a favorite work keeps thing working. <laughs> that's why I mo that's why I use <laughs> Premiere Avid. I will refuse to use Final Cut 10. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> I will cut my hands off before I ever touch Final Cut 10. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> and I use Resolve. Mm. But I started with Final Cut 3. Actually, I started with Media 100 uh, back in college. Mm. But I use all three because it opens you up for more jobs. Yeah. Do you know Avid? Yep. Do you know Premiere? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> now I have a pick of jobs. And then DaVinci, that's just, I started learning that after I got fired from that DIT job. Mm. <laughs> but I had been trying to learn DaVinci forever because you got to realize DaVinci was like a $100,000 program. Mm. Now it's 300 bucks. Mm-hmm. For free. For and it's free, so yeah. You get a lot of the yeah. free version, but the Rosebud version. But see, version. that DIT job I did, I used the free version. Yeah. No oh, good. it didn't work. And I went mm-hmm. the heavy work with it. Yeah. It doesn't do 8K. Yeah. Who shoots 8K? <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> why you're doing <laughs> Okay, it might have been 6. I'm exaggerating. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I, I use the different NLEs just for that. And I do it on purpose. Like, I'll take two jobs, and I'll purposely work on one PC, and that same day go to another job and work on a Mac, two different... Yeah, mm-hmm. and I've done that my whole career, just to muscle memory train myself so I'm faster. Because you got to be fast in the edit. Mm-hmm. You, at least you try to be on there. I hope I answered your question. No, you definitely did. What did you use for big words, and what do you Ooh. typically use on Vice? Big words. <laughs> I use Final Cut Seven. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's what I learned on first wow. Final Cut Seven. Yeah. Okay. And it's funny because we just had to, I just had to give it to the, to the producer. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing was four games. Wow. <laughs> like, this is weird. But yeah, at the end, no, no, not, not four games, four terabytes. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Was, yeah. was this like a tiny ass assembly? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, it was four terabytes. And I was like, oh. Mm. But at the time back then, because I guess it's coming up on 10 years, Big Words. Mm-hmm. So, but at the time, I guess that's huge. I don't know. I know I had a lot of drives. Yeah. But um, what was your question again? I'm sorry. And what do you typically use for Vice? Like oh. what software? Well, that's why I like Vice. Mm. The first time I got hired at Vice, they said, you can use Final Cut 7 or you can use Premiere. Wow, you have a wow. choice. Where did they do that at? <laughs> You're giving me a choice? Mm. I was like, oh, that's amazing. So currently we're using Premiere Pro 2021. Mm-hmm. And the infrastructure, I, I like Vice because the infrastructure they have and the workflow set up is the best place I've ever worked mm-hmm. where they actually support you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, from, you know, I worked at NBC. It's supportive, but not like Vice. Like, literally, they have wiki pages. If you don't know mm-hmm. something, you're like, oh, how do I organize this footage from Ukraine? Oh, here's a wiki. This is how we organize things. And wow. It's very, it's a well-oiled machine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, but yeah, Premiere Pro 2021. Awesome. Anybody trying to get a job at Vice? 
<laughs> I am now. <laughs> <laughs> well, talk to me because, you know, I mean, I don't know. I don't hire, but, you know, and, and we're only and we're one of the only union houses wow. in, in the city. Mm. So that's nuts. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah getting in the union is hard in New York. Yeah. Really hard. Uh, my last question, if you have another one, is um, is there anything in the landscape right now within the industry or specifically post-production, you take your pick, that bothers you or, or, or you think needs to be corrected or, or something needs to change? That's, you know, I wanted to ask you via email, but now if you can expand on that. Something that, like a gripe? A gripe, yeah. something you see like, it's an injustice, or like, this is annoying. <laughs> I mean, honestly, people just need to start taking care of themselves mentally and emotionally a little bit better. Mm -hmm. And I don't take a lot of jobs because I'm not your therapist. Mm. That, that's just real talk. Like a lot of times, and I was talking to some people earlier, like, yo, I get it, you're a creative, but a lot of times people, because they're creative, give them license to treat you poorly. Mm -hmm. You're not doing it. Mm -hmm. And I talked about that specifically because I've seen a lot of things go down crazy. And I'm like, yeah, we're not doing that. Like, you know what I mean? And it's just like, just because you're a creative, it doesn't give you a license to be nuts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. A lot of people have um, echoed that sentiment on on the podcast. A lot really? of people talk about. It. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, yeah. Good. <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't. You know, but that that, you know what I mean. And yeah. it's just like you know, you work 10, 12 hours. Next thing you know, they're blaming you for everything. You're like, wait a minute. <laughs> I just helped you with your whole film. Yeah. Now I'm the bad guy. Mm -hmm. Got it. Better boundaries for me. Yeah. Yeah. My only uh, my only last questions are uh, we always do two wrap up questions with every guest and then we'll open it up to the audience. But uh, the first wrap up question is, what do you wish someone had said to you when you were starting out in the industry? Ooh, great question. Don't go to college. <laughs> Amazing. Why? Wow. Yeah. Elaborate. Well, I mean, I did the college thing. You know, Bill Clinton was in office. He was like, yeah, everybody should go to school. I'm like, yeah. Westchester Community College killed it there. Mm -hmm. I loved it. Westchester Community College loved it. Then I transferred to New Falls. Hated it. Mm -hmm. Because I basically interned my junior and senior year. Then I go to graduate. They're like, yeah, you got to intern again. Wait a minute. Mm -hmm. I just paid to work for free on these loans I took out. Mm -hmm. And now you tell me I got to work for free again? Yeah, that's mm -hmm. the phrase right there. You just paid to work for free. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that was that. I mean, I'm glad it happened, but you know that that's why I pass it on to people. And then when I met my mentor, I was thinking about going to grad school. Mm. He's like, "Don't do that. Take that fifty thousand dollars and go make a movie." Mm. I was like, "You're right." So, yeah, amazing. Yeah. And do you want to ask the last yeah. question? Uh, and <coughs> lastly, what's next for you in terms of projects? What are you working on? What's next? Another great question. I'm um, currently, see this This is the culmination, like I'm currently working on a podcast for A&D, and I love it. Yes. But I will tell you I love it because it combines my music background, mm. and like now it's sound design, which I have been building 
oddly enough, I've been building a sound library for like the past three years because I'm like, oh, when I get to be an editor, I'm going to have the best sound effects. Mm -hmm. Seriously. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Who does that? <laughs> and then, um, actually, one of the cast members from Big Words, he approached me. We were talking about another project that we're doing. And then he was like, yo, I'm working on this other project. Do you want to cut it? So he told me about it, and I love it. And it's a podcast, eight episodes. It's about, it's about these guys who made a record in prison mm. oh, while they dope. were locked up in Virginia. It's called, the band's called The Edge of Daybreak. Mm -hmm. And so the last four episodes, they're recording a new album, but they record the album in 1979 wow. in jail. And it became like a cult vinyl classic record. Wow. So I'm currently cutting that while I work at Vice in the daytime. Mm -hmm. And the name of the podcast, is that also Edge of Daybreak? Oh, or uh, yeah. Soul Incarcerated, but it's not coming out. Lord, we, I just cut the first four episodes, and they just got back from L.A., mm. so we're going to start the next four probably in two weeks. Great. Nope. Awesome. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Does anybody from the audience have any questions? We can just people in it. the back eating? Any questions? <laughs> <laughs> I want to shout out one person, though. Mm -hmm. Didn't these two, did they win the second 48 hour thing? These guys right here? Yeah, that's true. We got winners here in the front row. First place. Because I saw it. They were like, actors. I was like, yeah, you were the judge. <laughs> yep. I want to say, because I see you in person, double I trouble. love that double double trouble. Remember? I was oh, like, oh yeah. my God. He was tripping. He's like, how did he do it? <laughs> I was like, that is amazing. He's like, he loved yeah. it so much, your film needs to be made into a sequel. Mm -hmm. And we talked about double trouble. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you, you guys crushed Edwin, we're talking yeah. about your organization. <laughs> and we talked about Double Trouble on the episode with Edwin and ARS from Bronx really? Film 48. Yeah, because it was just so good. We, we were talking about uh, the favorite films from Bronx Film 48, and Double Trouble came up. Absolutely. But yeah. no, I, I recognized him. I was like, I had longer hair. Mm. Yeah, you're the DP. Yeah, yeah. And you're an actress. Yes. And he right. acted. Yeah. Right. Yeah, no, kudos. But that's the thing, like, I haven't, like, you know, when I came out, you were like, hey, I was like, yeah, we haven't seen each other ever. I was like, oh my God, I have never met you in real life. Yeah. Any questions for Keith? We want to open it up to the audience, part of the live podcast. No, don't normally get to do that. Absolutely. Really, because honestly, I'm I'm in that stage of, of, of the post-production process where we have to do the sound, and those sound resources are extremely hard to come by. I, mean, I might need your help, so. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I did that because I was working at BT with this editor, and he was telling me, oh, I, I love to turn on my rough cuts almost polished, and he was like, the key is sound design. I was like, word? So then I just started, but then I also worked with this editor, his name is Pierre Ticao, and I'll never forget this. He rolled in, he had a hard drive. I was like, what's that? No, they, they like gave it to us. They're like, oh, Pierre's coming in on Monday, and it was like Friday, like, here's his sound effects library, hook it up to his edit system. I was like, what? 
And then, so I started talking to the line producer who I went to college with. He's like, oh yeah, Pierre's amazing. He creates his own sounds. I was like, what? <laughs> you can do that. <laughs> so, you know, like I said, like I, I play instruments, whatever. So I kind of merge it all. So with the podcast, I'm like, oh, this is my chance to like make my own music cues. And I don't have to look for a library. So I just started compiling. You know, I started with the library. And I just started compiling it because networks, they hate it. They're like, oh my God, where'd you get that footstep from? Really? They're charging you for footsteps? It's crazy. Wait, why do they hate that when you have your own? Because, like, you have to source it. Yeah. yeah. Like, someone may sue you. They're like, that's my footstep. I'm like, wait, what? How do you know that? Now they have AI and all that. Mm-hmm. So I just started building my own, like, sound. You know, it's a lot of music cues. Foley stuff I still use. I use pro sound effects. Mm-hmm. And they have this really great... Um, yeah. <laughs> You use that? I use, I use Pro Sound Effects and SoundSnap, yeah. I don't have SoundSnap, but what's the little, the, the, their database system that Pro Sound Effects has is amazing. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking oh about. God, yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm. This is where they can really nerd out on like audio, <laughs> software, audio engineering. Yeah. Well, how, go ahead. No, no. creativity, I cut on the side with people I love, trust, and understand, and no, I don't take no SHIT. So I can be creative. Does that make sense? So it's just like, yeah, I want to play a D minor seventh as a drone. So that's, you know, I get to use my background in, you know, classical music, you know, when I cut. That's my selection. That's what I like to do. And that's what being an artist is. Cut anything. <laughs> Cut big words. Nobody saw it. Damn it. Tights. Close-ups. They might not have seen it, but they felt it, though. No, and then everyone, I was like, hey, watch this movie. I cut. They're like, uh. I'm like. A wide shot. Like, and they're like, yeah, you didn't use any wide shots. I was like. I didn't have any. Yeah. So, so that's why I'm here. So if anybody can tell me how I can save face. And with that, because I loved the project and I thought it was great. But how do you save face when you don't have why? AI generate the wide shots. <laughs> this was 10 years ago. Yeah. What's about said? Just throw a bunch of stock footage in there and be like, here's where we are. He literally, he literally said, the, mat, the, the, the producer said, I don't want it to look like friends. So you know when friends. When they cut to like just this generic wide, nothing moves. So he didn't want it to look like a sitcom. That's what basically he was saying. No. If you watch Friends, they use like this generic shot. You know, whatever. But I'm like, when you're making a film, you have to think about all of that before you make the film. Yeah. So he wasn't thinking about that. Fix it in post. And then not use it later. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It is better to have than to have not. It's always easier to take away than to add. It's like getting a haircut. Absolutely. 
I hope I answered your question. You did. Thank you. Cool. And you were a judge too. I was. Never met you. How you doing? <laughs> One more. Um, any other questions from the audience? Open Thomas, the book. you better get it in. just told you I don't edit much, right? The favorite thing that I cut, I can't say, because I'm not, I haven't done it yet. You know what I'm saying? I'm just stepping into this podcast world. I'm like, oh, sound design, all these things. So I haven't done it yet. You know what I'm saying? But I mean, honestly, okay, you know what? The favorite thing I ever cut I want to say it's this short film called Jesus, only because I got to work with this rapper who was coming into film. Um, and like, I was just telling my son this the other day. I was like, no, I was telling his mom. I was like, I got to edit with this producer who like, it, when I was 14 years old, I was running around singing his rap songs. I, but then I got to work on a project with him. So there's a short film I did called Jesus, Jesus Song. And um, Chubb Rock is in it, and Dana Dane was the producer, and I'm an old school hip hop hit. So it was kind of corny, but I enjoyed doing it because I'm like, oh my God, I'm working with Dana Dane. Oh my God, that's Chubb Rock. You know, and then like all these hip hop people were like, yo, we saw you edited that film. I was like, you saw that? <laughs> so that would be, the, I can say that up till now. But I haven't, you know, I, I want to be an editor until I'm like 80. Because you can do that, because you're sitting in a chair. <laughs> Jerry? So what's your problem with Final Cut? You know what my problem is with Final Cut. Wait, wait, which one? Know okay, you know what my problem is. So I'm, I'm just going to just put this out there. Years ago, when iMovie came out with iMovie 6, right, a lot of filmmakers were using iMovie 6 and bullshitting you and saying they were using Final Cut because it was kind of like, Absolutely saved, not. I, I saved my life. So I'm happy for you. I will never. And I'm going to tell you why. And I'm going to tell you why. For me, it's political and it's society. All right. yeah. I remember everybody was running out, oh, I got to get Apple certified. Final Cut 7, right? Yeah. Steve Jobs dies, right? All of this happened at the same So for me, it's political. Like, I'm, I'm, I want some integrity. I'm, you know what I mean? I'm not doing that. I'm not struggling with anything because <laughs> Premiere Pro, Premiere Pro, Premier Pro killing. Yeah, I don't have a problem with any of it except Final Cut 10 because think about it. You know how many post houses built their whole infrastructure around Final Cut 7? Yeah, I know. So I'm with the little guy. They told me, they told me you understand what I'm saying? Does anybody, you feel what I'm saying? We in the Bronx, bro. You understand? So for, for Apple to do that? Somebody didn't like Steve Jobs. Oh, he's dead. We can do whatever we want. Final Cut 10. O-O-X. Pardon me. Never. Then they took away in and out point. Come on, bro. Some things don't need an update. There's a reason why we do certain things. It's just like why we call it a bin. Because it used to be a bin. What happened to that? So now they're like, oh, well, the new kids. I don't care about none of that. But Resolve was slick. Yeah. They put in the cut page. Yeah. Acts like Final Cut 10. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
And DaVinci's pretty good in Final Cut 10. If you have trouble with DaVinci, it really works well in Final Point. Cut Point. I appreciate point. you, though. One more question. <laughs> One last question, anyone? Subjective. <laughs> um, so, like, you know, you're into podcasts and stuff. So, like, what do you think the future is for like theater and podcasting? Theater. Like, not theater, theater, but like podcasting, where you're, um, what do you call it? Like like audio play. Like a thespian. Oh, yeah. oh radio so, dramas. Radio dramas. Oh, yes. So, so this podcast? was nuts. I'm old school, and I used to listen to an audio drama. As a kid, it's called Unshackled on Christian radio, right? And I listened to that as a kid. So to prepare me for this podcast, I went back to listen to those. And they call them audio dramas. I was like, oh, that's a podcast. <laughs> but we've been listening to podcasts. Like, so if you, because, you know, I took communication. So radio, right, that was the first thing. Because my grandparents, they used to sit around a radio and listen to stories, right? So everything comes full circle. That's all podcast is. This audio drama, so with the Foley, the footsteps, smashing a bottle, that's all creativity. So, it, you know, it's full circle. I'm not into podcasts at all. But I was like, I got the opportunity to do it. So, you know, once it, you guys know, once you get a job, you do your research and you, and you prepare for it. And, and because Dorian asked me to do it, and it's music, and it's rare grooves, and they were in prison, and it's black males, Absolutely, I'm going to do this. So I have to check off a bunch of boxes creatively. But to answer your question about the future, I have no clue. Mm -hmm. okay. I can't so see the future. It's popular now. I've got the, the money they pay me for this podcast. I don't think. I just stay in my lane. <laughs> That's what I do as an assistant, seriously. You stay in your lane, because I know plenty of assistants, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, I don't want to direct. I don't really want to be doing this. So they don't do their job good. It's true. 100%. You feel me? So that's just me. But thank you so much. Yeah. Oh, thank, thank you, you. so much. you know thank I'm you. a chatty captain. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. That's just amazing. Yeah, thank that's you. That's why we wanted you for the live podcast. That's because you know I get busy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is this thing still on? Yeah, yeah it's still on. All right, sir, so I just... Yeah? Okay. Yeah. Thank hey, you. <laughs>